0: Ooh, my soul sisters on the show today. Yes, it's our first time hanging out, but I knew from the moment I met her through the great interweb of Clubhouse and Instagram that we were connected. And then we found out that we both had roots in Virginia Beach. She lived here for a stint and she started what is now known as Gals That Brunch, which is a world-renowned organization, which is so rad. Who doesn't want to be a gal that brunches? I mean, all of us all the time, no matter the season, right? And so Tiffany Elisa is a community maker. She is the Olivia Pope, uh, dabbled with the Super Soul Sunday. She's an inspirer. She's a community builder. She's a movement maker. She's a lover of Jesus. She's a freedom influencer. And ultimately, she just has a heart. To love on people well because of her story and in spite of her story, right? We have those Good things and those bad things and those things that can cause friction, and yet at the end of the day, it's just about splashing all the color on the canvas and seeing what God's going to do with it, and it will be miraculous, and she has done that time and time again through ministries, through entrepreneurs, through schools. I mean, it's just, it's so incredible to hear her story, and I am sure without a shadow of a doubt that there's going to be something that prompts in your spirit to say, I can too. And we, Tiffany and I both, we just want to see you say that rise to the occasion for such a time as this. And to actually activate, so you got to tag us. if you decide to do something after this podcast, something that prompts in your spirit, want to hear about it, tag us, share this episode. We'd both be honored. And if you're on the East Coast or the West Coast, let us know. Give us some info, and we'll get together and we'll brunch. It'll be fun. All right, love you. Thank you, Tiffany, for so much light and love today, and you guys enjoy the show. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast Fit Welcome, welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. You guys, this is a long time in awakening and I am so excited, though I really wish we were officially brunching it right now. Can we just pretend? Yes. This is with Tiffany Alisa, <laughs> who is literally the gal that brunches. She created it. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's been so fun, y'all. We've connected through Clubhouse and Instagram. And yet we are both like have roots in Virginia Beach, which is so cool, though she is on the West Coast with all my West Coastians, all my San Diegans. How are you? How's the weather over there? Because it's got snow here.
1: Oh my gosh, it's so great! Although I am so jealous of that cold weather, like that's what I, I loved living in Virginia. I'm like four seasons, like this is amazing, you know? Like that's true. That's true. I'm like call my California friends, and I'm like, "There's snow on the beach!" Like I've never <laughs> seen this before. Like
0: <laughs> I'm so like, true, so
1: fascinated by it. Like it was. Such we a were talking great about
0: perspective season. the other day because we have uh, friends that live in Punta de Mita, where I'm about to take a retreat to a retreat of women. And they are on the beach all day, every day. They have like one of those beach huts that you can come down and rent the kayaks and the surfboards and all that from. And when we were talking about living in the States, she was just like, I want to just see snow. She had never seen snow in her entire (laughs) life. And here I am like, fleeing the snow and yet I've seen it and tasted it literally with snow cream and all that with the kiddos so I get it there is some nostalgia and some joy to having all four seasons but I am a beach girl through and through so I want
1: (laughs) you have have all the best of the world there
0: (laughs) it's true well I'm so excited to just share you with the community we were talking right before we jumped offline that if you love the color and the life that I bring y'all this woman's been doing it before me and all the best ways. And I just love your social media. I love your energy. I love the way that you even just bring light through your voice. Um, And so I just want to unpack like, where did that come from and your story associated to this and all of the fun language that you put into play on all your social sites? Like literally every single time I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm just cheering you on. I love it. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, because sometimes,
1: you know, where you look back at life, and you're like, man, I've lived a 1000 lives, but I really feel like I have. Um, For real. Amazing, you know, in your formation of like who you are, and how the seasons shape you and make you and as Tamara mentioned, I lived in Virginia Beach for a couple of years and I lived in Colorado for five years and I was uh, a a nomad working in higher education. So I was moving all across this country and I'd plop down to a new city and then I'm like, okay, how do I make friends? You know, (laughs) like never imagining like, like you'd be in that boat and how that shapes you and how that shapes your identity and also how that in that place, it forms a place where you get to create that space for others and what that looks like. But I always kind of start out my formation story, if you will, like that I was raised by a single grandmother because once I feel like I add that in, people are like, Oh, you know, like it, it it's all like, makes like, sense by a
0: whole different generation.
1: Really? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And I think that's probably a
0: component of that nomad, you know, because I, I want to instill that in my children, but they're being raised by me. So I wonder if that, like, I'll, free spirit is cultivated or if because there's like mom, dad, home roots, if that changes things. Yeah, you know, and it totally does. And my grandma was
1: an entrepreneur, so like so growing, cool. growing up. Grandma, you
0: know? <laughs>
1: we owned like a surfboard shop and a, a cute like women's boutique in downtown San Diego. You know? Oh like, my
0: gosh, grandma so, is killer.
1: She's yeah. cool. <laughs> she's like the most hip. Like people never were like, wait, that's your grandma, and I'm like, yeah, you know. Um she's that. just like an absolutely incredible woman. And I feel like so much of that shaped my experience. And also at the same time, oftentimes what I tend to find myself talking to a lot of people is like, I had this amazing experience where I was raised by all these different generations of people, like people that picked me up from school, like church ladies and like families that adopted me that were like all colors and shapes and sizes and ages and demographics like that make up me, like I get to carry each and every one of those people to everything that I do. And also at the same time, it came from some of my deepest hurt and pain as well. Um, As a child, like wanting that like traditional, like family unit and what that looks like by the world's standards. And so out of the greatest pain came my greatest gifting in that I get to adopt people into a global family and teach people, like, what family means, which, you know, I often talk a lot about, like, family, like, is revival, you know, like, that's what I, like, really, like, yes. I feel like if people really understood this, like, spirit of adoption, and knowing mm. who you are and your identity, and who you've been made to be, like, that's what we get to see, like, heaven here on earth you know? Oh,
0: yes. And this is like, I've known like facets about you and have been drawn into, but like, y'all, she loves Jesus and she just exudes that on so many levels. But it's like in this open understanding of invitation, which is something I love so much about you. And people will say like, you know, God gives you a seat at the table. Jesus gives you a seat at the table, but you actually physically give people these seats and these placements in the things that you do on a consistent basis, whether it's through, Girls that br- or gals that brunch, or it's through the other methodologies of loving people well. Um, so talk us through like that evolution as you continued into like exploring this understanding of spirit of adoption. Did you get this from church from when you were young, or was it something you came into knowing more later in your life?
1: Yeah, I feel like at probably maybe eight or nine years old, I audibly like heard God be like, "I'm going to be your father," and like that shaped my experience, like in knowing like, okay, like heavenly father. All right. You know, like I know who I get to be as a daughter of the King. And from, from that place, like I've always been able to like extend that invitation of like what it looks like, because, you know, unbeknownst to a lot of us, you know, like we have a being, we have like a presence, you know, like (laughs) regardless if we're trying to or not. And my entire life, people have always been like, there's just something about you, like either like from a place of like, you feel really safe or a place of, you know, like whatever that case may be. And I know that's because of who God is in, in me, that I'm able to approach and look at things in a different way. And even how I approach business and pulling down heaven to, like, here, you know, of, like, okay, like, God, like, what does this look like, and what do I need to do? It's, like, I've always had that confidence and confidence instilled in me, and and being able to approach that. So, like, even from, like, high school, I was the person that was, like, you brought... The, like your softball team and your theater group to like a, the yes. same party and I'm like yes. yeah like it's possible like we don't have yes. to like separate ourselves into these like like silos like we can actually like all commune together and like find out like what our common ground is and I think like life or the world will like be like okay you need to hang out with someone that looks like you or someone that needs to have the same needs as you or whatever and that, and that is the case you know in a lot of and things but also at the end of the day like you and I are hardwired for connection and like in humanity and it's like we get to figure out what that looks like and how we get to invite people into it and that's always my invitation to everyone that I work with Um, Whether it's like helping them learn how to build community or (laughs) whatever the case may be is like we get to invite people into what we're doing because alone, we all live individual stories. But then collectively, it's like we get to live this beautiful and amazing story together and how much greater, you know, that gets to be.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, we talk about celebrating differences and it's not really showcased well or done well, even in the church, to be honest, like even in the religious spirit of the understanding of church, it's like you have to adopt this strategic religious belief or practice in order for you to be invited into this space or else you're rejected. I had a client the other day who got really somber over the fact that when she got married, um, she was already had been divorced and had two children. And when she got married, her, her spouse who had been an ordained minister in a specific genre or denomination of church had them come in and actually denounced the ordination and said you no longer can be a part of the church because you are married somebody who is divorced. Wow. So imagine like the church associated to this opportunity where she could have been adopted into a family. She could have been brought into this new understanding and identity of who she is disassociated from the religious nature, but associated to God, the father, as you are doing and exampling in so many ways. Now, I know you work with um, churches and things like that, but you also work with, I will say non-denominational because I think that there's God in everything, but in, in free expression of spirituality organizations as well. Talk us through like the evolution of, Being at the state where you're like working for higher education and then you're like, I'm out, I'm done with this because I know that's a cool like component of your story. Yeah. So
1: as I mentioned, I was moving all across the country working for higher education institutions. And when I started in that industry, it was kind of like there's a lot of excitement and ground up because the job economy just started going down. So people are going back to school and continuing their education. And so it was super exciting. Like one of the universities I started out with, we were like on Costco tables, like going from that to like a publicly traded institution and like getting to experience all the ebbs and flows of like ground up to going in going into a publicly traded company. And the the neighbor's dog wants to hop into that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and um, so and I moved all across the country as a young professional throughout my 20s, early 30s. I was like, people are like, hey, you know, like, we need to come work at this institution, they need help with their retention. So I would do it. And then at a certain point, It just got to be like, what am I building here? Like, what am I like working my life away? You know, like working 50, 60 hours, you know, like of that and just feeling like I've hit my ceiling. Like, there's nowhere else to go. Like, what does this look like? And I had moved to Virginia Beach because I was working for a university there at the time. And that's actually when Gals at Brunch started. And I was just like this girl that like rolled into town and didn't know anyone. And then I, I had just moved from Colorado where it took me close to two years to feel like I had any form of community. And that wasn't for like lack of like plugging myself into a church, joining softball teams, going to young professional happy hours. And I was like, that can't happen again. So if that means that I get to be like the extension of like community and inviting people in, then like, that's what I did. And so even the week before I moved to Virginia beach, I put out an, an invitation on Facebook in a couple of the groups and said, Hey, I'm a young professional. I'm moving to the area. Like, would anyone want to go like get brunch? We can try different places around the Hampton roads. We went to citrus as our first place, you know? So it was really Love fun. it.
0: Yeah. Right up the street.
1: Yeah. And like 30 women showed up and everyone's like laughing and crying around the table. And it was one of those like just God moments of like, <sighs> oh my gosh, it's not just me. Because I think throughout the last couple of years, you like, you start to think about like, okay, like, is this a me problem? Like, you know, I've never had this. Yeah, of course. You like <laughs> self-reflection. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like, am I the only person here? Like, that this happens to. And so gals at brunch started to grow exponentially. And I was like still working in higher education. And um, I ended up moving back to San Diego to help a friend's startup company, which kind of gave me the space and capacity to start to build on to gals at brunch. And again, it, it just kind of like hit this point and it's like, we can go into so many like rabbit trails, but my grandma was an entrepreneur. She was an amazing entrepreneur. She hit mountaintops and she also hit valleys where she lost everything. So I was like, well, story of our life <laughs> I want to be an <laughs> entrepreneur <you're> like, <laughs> but I want safety so like what does yeah. that look like and so I was just at that point I'd gone to ministry school and I was just like all right like I've kind of dove into corporate America if you will and this has always been an expansion of my heart like to be able to serve people in a ministry capacity. And so I just decided to dream with God of like, what would it look like to kind of come alongside and serve the church in an experience of using some of my corporate experience to help like streamline some things and yeah, Lord <laughs> provide knows. like yes. structure, help the <laughs> yes. community because churches actually sometimes struggle the most with what it looks like for community and to do family. Like, you know, yeah, it's really that's really good. Real true. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and so that kind of led my experience into like working um, with faith faith based institutions um, and then entrepreneurs from there on out. And then now my life is just kind of this like, wow, you know. (laughs) Like, a plethora like of
0: beauty. Yeah. Like what is it gonna be today? People. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is so fun though, because and that's what a lot of people don't understand even about entrepreneurship and the fact that we might work, you know, a lot more hours than that 50 or 60 hour work week that you did before. And yet there's so much component of of excitement of unknown and and people can look at that as a fear-based thing but we're looking at it as a faith-based thing to be able to say god i see the vision i see what's coming to fruition i see what the hard work and yet the joy aspects of what you provide in sustenance every single day by showing up in our calling showing up on purpose showing up with purpose and on mission and i love that you've like unlocked that and then that's also what you do for other people it's very synonymous to me so talk through the evolution of working for entrepreneurs in a, in conjunction with the churches yeah definitely
1: i mean at at the end of the day, I feel like my God given mission and vision is to partner with people to see the full manifestation of who they've been called to be here on earth. And I feel like in the church world, they struggle with that just as much because there's either elements of like false humility, or there's elements of working yourself to death, and like for the glory for the church or whatever the case may be. And so it's like, I have this like, bleeding heart and compassion to partner with church leaders so that they can operate in a healthy capacity of like mind, body, soul, and spirit, because I'm so tired of seeing so many dead bodies of people that have been hurt by the church to the left and to the right, because at the end of the day, people are human. And, you know, it's like, man, it's like in the one human moment, like I always talk to people, it's like, what about if we were just trusted to be in that one human moment with someone? Like, mm. and that's okay, because mm. then we get to accept that we're all human again, you know, yeah. and like, that's the common ground and that leaders aren't perfect and pastors aren't perfect and ministries aren't perfect. But what would it look like, like the more that we talk about this and the more that we give grace and space to it? And and then it's the same thing as I'm working with seven to eight figure entrepreneurs in the amount of like pressure that yeah. is you know, to get to the next level and what that looks like and to prove, (laughs) you know, that you can continue to do it in some way, shape or form and to never. And I know that you and I have probably experienced this at some point as leaders and you're pioneering a trail and not totally feeling like someone truly understands the call that you have in your heart. And so there are times that you don't feel safe to actually be able to just let go and sit in that because it's like, Mm. well, nobody else really understands like what I'm pioneering. And so I just have Mm. to go at this alone. And it's like, what would it look like if we had like all these people that would like come alongside of us and support us and knowing that you have that God mission and vision on your life. And so it's like, If I can provide spaces to do that, if I can be that person to do that, regardless of what it looks like, sometimes it looks very, like, untraditional in that, like, I'm coming in to help an entrepreneur grow and nurture their community, but at the end of the day, like, I see myself as a God assignment to be able to be, like, hey, you're safe, and you can expand, and you can grow into, like, all the capacity and the mission and vision that God's put on your heart, but I'm also here to, like, let you know, like, it's okay to, like, sit out for a second. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just that like real. pray and worship yeah. or whatever the yeah. case is and get a download from God and that the pressure's off. And mm. if I can help shoulder some of that, you know, so that you can c- run at your full capacity, then I know you're going to do the same for me at some point, you know, as I'm doing the same, Yeah. you know,
0: I like, I feel peace even just hearing you say all of those things. One, to know that there is a heart set out there and a, and a headset out there that God has given you something so unique and divine because I, I ha I get the opportunity to kind of teeter between that pastoral realm and that business realm a lot. And I see full fledgedly what you're saying about the pastors who are stuck in that identity. And then I see the entrepreneurs who are stuck in that identity. And it's like this bridging that God wants us to be able to do and bring to life that you can live in purpose You can live with this massive vision and call and you can actually create prosperity and abundance through it. But in that pursuit surely comes what feels like the mantle and the weight of the world and every community member associated to it. And you do feel like you're treading upstream and like carrying all these people behind you. And at some point you're like, when do I breathe? Like, when do I take a beat? When does this happen? And yet, because we feel like we're in the forefront of the vision, who's going to carry that mantle when we go take a nap? Who's going to carry that mantle when we decide, I'm going to take a little bit of a space on this concept for a little bit and see what happens? And that's where we need to surrender and understand that we're not carrying anything, God's carrying everything. No. But sometimes it can feel hard when you feel that sense of pressure
1: it can feel so challenging and then that's the the other crux of it is like who are you raising up and who are you empowering and what voices are you championing so that they can help kind of start to come alongside of you which is like what we talk a lot about in the principles of Building community is starting to empower your community because we're not meant to do this alone. And it's so easy. To, like it's my go- Like my nerd is like, I don't want to burden anyone. You know, like and so right. then I'm. Oh yeah, like, totally. Oh well, I don't want to burden someone with the amount of pressure that I put on myself yeah. or my worth or whatever the case may be. But it's like, yeah, that's also our invitation is that we get to invite others into what we're building and what we're doing to relieve that, some of that pressure and also to empower them into what the God vision and mission in, is on their life too, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of times people assume that the entrepreneur or the leader or the like head visionary is the only person that is supposed to take that torch. Right. And it's like, I always give people this understanding of like red Rover, like linked arms and the flying V. If you watched the bird's In their flying V formation, at some point that bird goes to the back and the next person takes position as the front, right? And so, if we have to empower the people around us who we're holding arms with to be like, hey, that's you, (laughs) I'm taking a step back right here. I've got something else that has to take my precedence or my priority. Maybe it's your children, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's just you need a drink of water, right? Like, you need to get refueled and rehydrated. And that doesn't happen as much as it should. And I think that's that's why when you're talking about this concept and how we were even sharing from the church, like it's the humanness. It's the flesh component of self that's actually pointing fingers rather than the the component of spirit, soul and body that God intends for us to be, which is in unity and connection. And it's that like Trinity living versus segmentation or silo, like you said at the beginning.
1: Yeah, no, we get we get to experience that here on earth <laughs> and we're all Thank supposed God. to do that for each other. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Which Not is separate. fine. It can be <laughs> yeah. fun. And yet it feels like there's so much pressure. And I wonder when you were in that experience of working, you know, institution to institution, or even those 50, 60 hour weeks where you weren't in full um, component of feeling like, oh, this is the unlock. This is the purpose. Cause I felt like I did that in my twenties as well. And it was very achievement driven. It was very success oriented. It was very people pleasing and expectation driven, all of that. When you hit that no more, what was God talking to you about at that point? Was it a transition in just space? Was it just being at that brunch with all those women and and having this aha moment? What was that shift?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like as I as I moved around the country, uh, I try to explain this phenomenon to people, but I got to experience God in different ways. So when I lived in Colorado, it was like you can't help but feel the nature of God in the nature, like you see these like majestic mountains and you know rivers and things like that that are just like so beautiful. And so there's moments of that. And in Virginia Beach, what I what I loved about it is how much history that that's shared there. Like the first cross was like planted like on the yes. beach there, like that yes. you know, type of stuff like that. And so I love like thinking about like what that all means and just like digging deep into like, God, what are you doing in this season? Cause I have no idea how I just ended up here in Virginia beach. Like totally <laughs> random. <laughs> it's just this so small good. little town, you know, that's like not a big city, but it's like really special and whatnot. And so I, you know, I was, Gals at Brunch started like building. And I think within the first year, we had over 1200 women that joined and it was, and we weren't even on social media at that point. It was literally by invitation. So every time we had a brunch, it was like, bring someone with you next time. Like if you know a girlfriend that's like recently moved to the area and in Virginia Beach, you have lots of people that either move because they're husbands or boyfriends or partners or engineering. And so, you know, they ended up in Virginia Beach where you have people that are in the military, Military, you know, like, yeah. Type thing is so there's a lot of people that are transient and transplants, and I would find myself at this at these tables and I meet all these beautiful women from all these different walks of life, and people would just be sharing their story of like, Oh, I'm just a stay at home mom, or I just do this, or whatever the case is, and I like there's nothing else in this world that lights me up as like being able to stake like ground for people's identity. Like, I'm like, you're not just a mom. Like you're amazing, you know, or like, you're not just like somebody that does this, like just really being able to like light people up like with what they do. And I found as I did that, like I came alive in that. And I did that in higher education for so many years, but there was a new capacity that I felt like God was inviting me into through this whole community movement. And And, you know, like, it's just like the irony of like, being part of like, church plants or things like that in the past. And I'm like, how is this growing faster than even like, trying to get people (laughs) in the door for this and just like a new grid for being able to love people in like a different capacity for what that looked like. And so I just felt like, and it was interesting because my career in higher education, like nobody knew somebody more aggressive, more like, like powerful, like I'm getting calls of like coming to different universities to teach them like retention practices. Like I was like hungry. Like I'm like, you know, like, yeah, like I was at the top of my game and then it just slowly started to drip away. And it was almost like this, like, like you mentioned like it was like a survival mechanism it was like the like the safety of like finding myself in that and it it was like almost like just being able to soften up and like understand like oh like this was one vehicle but like this is actually what like I meant to do and Over the last like, I guess it's it's like been six years now. It's just been this like (laughs) continuation of like digging even deeper of like the parallels of what this looks like from building a business and also ministry and all the different components for it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's like what is my heartbeat, right, is this understanding of like mission in the marketplace, marketplace ministry, business meets ministry. It's all like one in the same, and it's just been so segmented that it doesn't really make sense to people. Um, But I love that it happens so organically without friction, and and not to say there wasn't growing pains or any of the other elements of growing something that is associated to a business or a church, Um, but to understand that it didn't have to happen in the confounds of the box or of the traditional church plant or the check one, two, three for a nonprofit or whatever it be. It's like, God will do his way, have his way when we're in alignment and we're listening. And I love that you were just listening to people and you were hearing their need. And then you were propelling into the next thing. And I've realized that even in the the business coaching realm, that at the beginning, I felt like I had to validate my understanding of business because I was young, even though I had been in business for a decade at that point, and now the more that I'm in momentum and I know that it works and I'm like, this is how it happens because we're in tandem with God. I have found that I've almost put the systemization, put the automation, put the like actual strategy of business to the wayside and prioritize God over everything, biblical foundation over everything, his word, his spirit, his truth over everything. And it's magnetized and propelled my business in such a crazy way. I still find it wild to say out loud that I'm a two-time best-selling author and have three published books and more to come in the next year. I feel surreal and yet exactly where I thought I'd be. When I started this podcasting journey, Fit and Faith was a way to share my story, but I knew it had to be documented differently. In the process of my writing the entire story, I shared just one aspect in a women's devotional book called She Writes for Him, Stories of Resilient Faith. I talked about my shame story and the testimonies that came from that one chapter was the affirmation I needed to keep pursuing the whole story. The bear all book that released last fall called Always Becoming, Sex, Shame, and Love. Gracie, I know. And not what you think you probably hear on a Christian podcast, but y'all, we have to start talking about the real things, the real conversations. It's no different than this podcast where we talk about the real things. It's the deep stuff, it's the true stuff that matters. And while talking about business is awesome and what I show up to do on a daily as a kingdom entrepreneur and business coach, it's only a fraction of the story. My second bestseller was released right after this personal development book as a business resource. It's called The Female Entrepreneur's Playbook and features 20 plus women gifting you their blueprints. All three of these books make up the most perfect bundle for the fellow female faith-driven world changer. That's you, I bet. So you can go to my site right now and get signed copies of all three. TamraAndress.com. Yes, make sure you spell Tamra right. T-A-M-R-A. It's boring and exciting all at the same time because I stand out. TamraAndress.com. Click on the book and get yours today. Three, all in one bundle. It's going to change your life because, well, it is mine. So let's be world changers together.
1: One of the most common conversations I I find that I have with people is like, it's like we have all these inklings and we have all these thoughts and things like that. And it's just like, oh, you know, like push to the side or whatever the case is. But it's like literally in the Bible, he gives an entire business strategy and plan. That's why he talks so much about like taking your thoughts captive. And it's like, the more that we actually do that, it's like if you're driving in your car and you pull out like a voice note and you just like, Say it, whatever you thought of, whatever that fleeting thing is. It's like, he's literally giving us downloads and plans of to be able to pursue the things that we've been thinking about that we think, oh, that's just us. Or that's a crazy thought. Or I don't know why I thought about that or whatever the case is. It's like, literally, he's like giving you every single tidbit tool and resource that you would need to build it. And it's like, we just have to like hone in to being able to listen to what he's downloading in that, you know, to build that out.
0: And I think that's probably one of the key components of all realms that we've been talking about business, church, it, community, even way back to elementary, middle, high school experiences that you're having is that people are so honed in and blocked in and have like their headphones on and are walking through life listening to the one thing, the only one thing, the only genre of music, if you will. And they're actually missing that there's an entire other playlist, right? There's an entire other way that you can show up. And even without that is to recognize that our own spirits have a playlist that God wants to play. And if we turn that off and silence it, what then could he say? What then could he speak? What then could be created when we sit in that stillness to just hear from our, it's ourselves, but it's him, it's intuition, right? It's like all connected. Um, But there is no coincidence to them, which is what I love so much.
1: Yeah, and I and I think something that God's really have like that's been convicting me lately in that is that I think that so many times it's like we want to build something that looks like this way or whatever the case is or like this part of my life or not this part of my life like I don't want to be known as this I want to be known as that. But it's like the more that we can accept like our full stories of like who we are like that only continues to shape the consciousness of what Is even on your heart or your mind to do. And it's like, it's almost like it's just full surrender because it's almost, it's like, you can't just be like, oh, you can have this part of my life, God, but not this part of my life. Like for, like for me personally, like weight is something that I've struggled with my entire life. And it's like, but I don't want to be known as that person. Like, so I've like worked my whole life to not be known as that person. I'm going to be faster and better and stronger, whatever the case is. So that's not the thing that's like identified But again, it's like coming together this like full blend of like, no, this is part of who I am and this is part of my story. And this is part of the things I've been able to get breakthrough in. And the more that I can accept the good, the bad, the ugly, the messiness, like as one beautiful package, that's me, that gets presented to the world, like that gets to be my voice, that gets to be my sound. And that's for all of us. You know, that's the encouragement that we're all walking through is like, is the process of surrender. And you know, what are you willing? Um, are you willing to get messy to? <laughs> so good. Who you are And who you're meant to be and what that looks like.
0: Well, I think about like, I think about messy, right? And I think about people having fear towards like trying to have it all together, whether it doesn't matter what role of life that you're in, you feel like you're trying to have it together, whether it's for other people, maybe it's even for yourself. You're like, I just want this to work. I just want it to work out, right? Whatever it be. And I think back to like my kiddos who I was just like scrolling through my phone this past weekend on the snow day when they were outside looking at all of their videos when they were infants and toddlers and, and how much they still are captured in that those messy, sweet moments. But I think about color because that's what we started our conversation off. And I think about when kids finger paint, right? And they're using every color of the rainbow and you're so excited to see what they're going to make. And by the end of it, they've smeared it all together and they've got this brown poop blob (laughs) on their picture. And you're like oh, maybe you can add some color over there. Or maybe you can add some color over there. But to them, all they see is all the colors on their hands that they've already put into play. And then if we just allow God to mold us as he does the clay, like that's what I'm thinking of, the parallel between the two. It's not clean when a potter is creating something, but it's it's the outcome and the process in which he does it. And so even if your picture doesn't turn out exactly as you thought, that every component of color that was added into that brought life into that moment that you added that blue or that purple or that pink shade. And that is the messy. That is the fun. That is every element of self. And I think for so long, I tried to keep color in the lines, if you will. And that's just not what God wants. (laughs) That's not what he wants us to do. And so that's why I like I bleed color everywhere imperfectly and does it match or rhyme or is there a rhythm to it? Not always, but it's just allowing people to experience. And just as you're experiencing nature in the great outdoors, like nothing really makes sense there either. And yet it's beautiful. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think I've
1: always been someone that's like able to compartmentalize of like, okay, like color A, color B, color C. And it's really like again, like even showing up online, you know, it's like figuring out, okay, like um, over the last um, six months, I, I've transitioned to moving back down to San Diego. I was living in LA and I, um, I'm i just coming off of a season of working in ministry and church and I've been healing and also like get, getting reinvigorated and new vision for like this season that I'm really excited about. And at the same time, it's like, Oh, I don't know how to show up in some ways, you know, like, cause you're just like figuring it out and like letting some of that be okay. But also like letting like the mess and the embrace of like, The process, because it's what draws people into connecting with you. It's what people, you know, like it's the story that they have. It's you know, it's like when they start to see themselves in you, and it's like how many times has someone said something and you you've automatically just been able to give yourself so much grace because you're like, oh, someone else is going through this, you know,
0: (laughs) completely. And we're always the first to give grace to other people and not always giving grace to ourselves. If you haven't noticed that, we might get it wrong a lot as humanity, but I have noticed that, that I am surely harder on myself through my own expectations that I am on other people. But the more that I release that sense of perfectionism, and I allow myself to color outside of the lines, and I allow grace to come in, the more at peace I am with myself, and the more that freedom that I experience where it's almost like that magnetism of growth or that magnetism of I can just be me next to you allows other people that seat at the table where it's like, no rules apply here, like just show up what you can eat, you can not eat, you can have dinner for breakfast, you can do you know, to have the brunch analogy, it's, it's all you want to do. But all we're saying is to come fully as you are and allow other people to speak into those parts that you might still feel human in. And that's ultimately what we all yeah. are, right? Like nobody is yeah. superhuman.
1: It's the magic of the table of like, come as you are, and I I love Shauna Nyquist. She writes this epilogue in her book Bread and Wine. And it talks about how like we're like in the coming and the going, like constantly, and so it's so true. The textable sound bites and the two hundred and fifty character word updates, and so then all of a sudden you are, feel like you've isolated yourself into this little box because you're seeing other people online doing this, and they're killing it in their business or whatever the case may be, like who am I to show up? And it's like, she talks about the embrace of like meeting each other and all the in between moments and just sharing a meal together. And like, she like has the most beautiful like chapter where she's like sizzle the garlic and just like invite people into your mess. Like invite people with the laundry piled up on your bed and the little shoes all over the house and like invite people into the miscarriage that you're walking through or the trouble in your marriage or whatever the case may be. There's like, no greater healing that takes place the more that we're able to come together in the inevitable mess that we all try to hide from each other or that we all try to box ourselves in from it and it's just where can we invite healing into our lives the more that we're able to start to really
0: you know walk and walk in that and well, uh, I think the word that I'm came practicing. to me that as I was like learning about you and just like going through the different, you know, sites that you have and the social medias that you have and the bios and all those things was this word freedom. Yeah. Right. And, and that's ultimately for to take down and, and bear down and strip down this entire conversation. It really is about freedom and, and being able to stand in that place and not have judgments, like a no judgment zone. And I think of the woman at the well, like, how broken she might've felt on the inside, but I can assure you she was all probably put together really beautifully because she's on dude number five, right? She'd been married multiple times before. She was going out in the day because she was actually not invited any other time of day. So she was by herself, but she wanted to look good when she went back because I bet you all the people were staring at her. With all of the hatred, all of the he said, she said, you know, gossip. And she wanted to fit the bill, right? She wanted to be as good as, or just liked, or seen, or known. And yet she was putting on all the makeup and all the dress just to see and stand in the identity that somebody else was cultivating for her. Meanwhile, when Jesus saw her, he didn't see any of that. He noted it. He knew it. He knew of the trash. He knew of the mess. He knew of the mundane. And yet he still just called her in her identity, which was woman
1: nothing else. No
0: other stone was thrown. And in that she was able to embrace like some dignity. And that's what humanity needs to do for one another is to let others embrace the dignity of being human and dignity exists in your mess right in the middle of it. And so I love that you're saying that more than anything, because of the division that's occurred in our society on so many different points, we've talked about the religion division, but you know, that's just a hair to everything else that we experience on a consistent basis. And so to just create a space that's like open handed, I want to hear like, if you were to give people the opportunity um, to learn from you from a coaching methodology or a community building methodology, like what are some of the things to build community open handed like that in a state of freedom in a state of surrender?
1: Yeah, I think, again, it's, it's being willing to be seen. It's willing, like I used to call myself the biggest chicken and like the biggest like scaredy cat. And I honestly tell people that's the journey that I've been on the last few years, even with personal branding is I built this huge organization, um, Gals at Brunch, and I just made it about everyone else but me. I was like, mm, I didn't ever show myself mm. on it. I was like, oh, I'm going to show you the, our Hawaii people and mm. oh, our San Diego people and never shared about myself. And part, of, and part of that was like the false humility. I'm like, I don't want anyone to ever think that I'm trying to make this about me. So I'm just going to make it about everyone else to make that really clear. Um, but I actually didn't give people the chance or the opportunity to experience me in my fullness and who I am. And it wouldn't exist if it weren't for my story and the things that have shaped me informed me and have made me who I am today. And so now it's like continuing to get through that so that I can show up in. in that way and that's always like my encouragement to everyone else is like we try to hide behind the brands or the personas or the things that we're putting out there but again it's like out of your greatest pain comes your greatest gifting like the things that shape you inform you the things that you feel like are odd or inconsinc- syncreties of like does anyone else feel like they do this you know or whatever the case may be are the things that make you different and that's the things that you need to infuse into whatever you're building or whatever you're doing and yeah, that's what makes you you, and that's the the fingerprint, you know, of God. Like, yes, who He's made you to be here, you know, on on this planet. And again, it just it's like knowing that you're enough, and that I think the biggest lie is that we try to tell ourselves it's too noisy out there, or someone else is doing this, or someone's doing that, or who am I, or whatever the case may be. And it's just knowing like that literally scientifically proven like there's no one that is you like we all have one percent of dna that's like different from everyone else in this entire world and so the way that you think and the way that you speak and your voice and things like those are all unique things that you get to allow people to experience you in your fullness. And I always, like, applaud people when they show up at brunch because brunch during the week sounds like the greatest idea in the world. You're like, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, I want to go to brunch. <laughs> Saturday morning, it does not feel like a good idea anymore. You're like, yeah. I, sleep in. I don't want to go meet 20 strangers. Like, who am I? Like, whatever the case is. And then, like, when people show up and they realize, like, oh my gosh, there's 20 people that are just like me. Like someone else spilled coffee on their shirt this week and we can like laugh (laughs) about it. Like if I hadn't shown up, like I would be like hiding under the covers being like, oh my gosh, like I'm a hot mess and I spilled coffee on myself and no one wants to meet me. And it's like that most courageous act that you can ever do is show up with who you've been created to be and allow people to experience you and your fullness. And when you don't like, it's a straight act of disobedience. It's <laughs> and, so and
0: good. And so yeah. it's
1: making sure that we do that, like throw off the things that try and hold us down and lean into like, okay, like how can I show up? And in, in my innermost being of knowing like, this is who I've been created to be for such a time as this, because make no mistake the reason why you're alive in this hour and this chaotic time of COVID and figuring out the the stances and the pros and the cons and the wide spectrum that exists out there is because we need your voice. We mm-hmm. need who you are in this very hour. You could have been born 20 years from now or 20 years ago or whatever the case may be. But there's a reason why you're alive in this hour. And the more that we get people awakened and who they've been created to be and like charged up and ready to run, it's like, we need you. Like, so stop waiting for someone else. (laughs) It's can you tell she's fired <laughs> up?
0: She's like, I can go, 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 go. It's, like I go so on much. <laughs> it's amazing though. And it's like such a shared heartbeat. And there's so many people on the chat right now. that are just like, yes, yes, yes. Our fullness and showing up because the freedom that's associated to that, again, that word, it's just so ignited. And ultimately where if we can do it more often, as often as possible, Every single day, every minute of every single day, it's just parallel to our surrender, connected to that freedom that he wants us to have. And that's the knowing that like every flaw is just as perfect as, as just as perfect as every intended masterpiece, right? Like that's what makes it character. That's what makes it unique. That's what makes it qualified is that it has that standalone feature that nobody else has. And so I think sometimes in the mirror we can get to the place where like That's not true because we've seen something else. And yet everyone, I don't care who you are, what you've been through, what you currently look like, what you will look like, what you were born to look like, who you were made to be. There's going to be that those moments of insignificance. And that insignificance is the moment that connects and qualifies us to the most significant thing ever, which is our creator. And because of that life, because of that breath because you were born for such a time as this. And so I'm so connected to your heart message. I'm so connected to the work that you do. And I just want to celebrate that on a consistent basis. I want to have a gal's that brunch, no doubt. I got to have it, bring it into Virginia Beach. I'm sure there's still girls here that were here yes, when you were doing it, really but lovely. more importantly, I want to come to yours in San Diego. So how can people get connected to you? Where is like the best, Our Instagrams the biggest hangout? They can that, create a yeah. gal's that brunch too, right? <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Yeah, so um, we have a gal's at brunch in 110 different cities, and. If there isn't a gals at brunch in your city or not an active chapter in your city, you can reach out to us about us uh, starting them. And it, it's very, very simple process of just somebody wanting to extend the invitation of inviting people into community. And so um we are slowly picking back up things in the New Year's, like as you know, like it's just kind of like throw it to the wind, like let's just go. Like I'm tired <laughs> of this. Like I love it. What are we gonna do? Should we move forward when we're not? We're we're fine moving forward. So I'm super excited yes. about that. And then online Instagram, my personal Instagram is Tiffany Alisa um, or Gals at Brunch. And I have two different websites I know that are like notated and kind of the the two or three ways I guess people work with me is one like either through Gals at Brunch. Two, um, I have a community builders mentorship that's starting up next month, which is going to be an eight week program of helping people learn how to build, scale and nurture community. And then three is like, I actually work with, um, entrepreneurs or churches where I actually come in for 90 days and I just come alongside and meet with the team. And like, I, I kind of call it like the Olivia Pope of like, <laughs> yes, coming yes, in and going, yes. oh, got it, you know, type of thing of just like being able to provide like some streamlined services of helping get kind of everyone in strategic motion for whatever they want to build or whatever they want to accomplish or, um, things like that. And, um, just encourage people and pour to their staff and just love on people. Like at the end of the day, like that's the bottom line of it. I, I just love so
0: brilliant. To love people. So, and yeah. doesn't that ultimately curate the best community, right? It it's does. just a community yeah. that they feel loves a community. They can also love other people because we all are, are naturally born with that gift, the gift to love and the, to affirm other people. And so to be able to be in that space when you might feel completely isolated, especially in a new place where you're like, who's going to love me here, <laughs> right? <laughs> who's going to love me in this dream city? Or who's yeah. going to love me in this mess that I'm in? And that it was definitely a part of my story. I'm like, who's going to love me? So much so that I rejected everyone and I just came into this place of a complete isolation. And the only person that I let love me was not even my husband, was my kids, because they were one in two and they didn't know any better. It's like the puppy who you're like, oh, the puppy loves me in my mess. Yep. They wag their tail and wanna kiss me and I'm a shit show over here. Yep. Right. And so I am so grateful that this is your heart set, this is your mission, and that you're doing it, right? And you're not just sitting on the idea and you're doing it even when you don't know where all the puzzle pieces are gonna align or how it's gonna happen. But 110 cities and 1,200 people just in first year, which was years ago, y'all, is just, it's amazing to see how it's just grown. And it's all a God thing and gives a testimony and glory glory to him as you say yes. (laughs) It's been so fun to get to know you. You guys gotta get in touch with Tiffany Elisa again. Check out her on Instagram, her site, and Gals That Brunch as well. And I, I want to brunch with you soon and actually have real coffee. (laughs) I'll be, I'll be actually in LA for the Podcast Evolutions Conference. I'm speaking at in March, so I'll send you a DM. Yeah, come on and see it. Okay, so yay, good. All right, I love you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Love you guys hey y'all it's me again before you go let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community whether it's mentally physically emotionally relationally or spiritually i would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts and you can tag me and the guests and we will surely feature you on our insta's Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them.